Man. Amen. Well, that's fantastic. One, one of the things that DeAndre loves to do and that he's brought wonderfully to our, to our church is an investment in young people. And he loves to work with them to bring them in and develop their skills as, as musicians and as singers. So, so awesome. Awesome. So good. Uh, Last week, I had a, a special guest, Kristen, from our one of the 12 three-year discipleship journey. And so this, this week, we've got some of the young people that, uh, some of the young people that DeAndre has been investing in. And I know all of y'all. Uh, uh, Annabelle, I, I remember going to, your, people, you hate it, people hate it when, you know, people say this, but I remember going to your house when we were first here and you were about this big, kind of hobbling around. We went to Thanksgiving at, uh, at your house and, and look at you now. So, and uh, Tyler, you are, uh, what great, what year are you now? Senior. You're a witch? Senior this year. Senior this year, heading off Yeah, You guys are both sen- seniors, right? You, you're a junior, okay. So, um, so uh, uh, where are you, you know what you're doing? You know where you're headed? Yeah, I'm actually going to Northern Arizona University next year for performing NAU. arts. All right, all right, awesome. outstanding. And, uh, and you've got one more year, little drummer boy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. and, and uh, lots of band stuff. I know you're involved with all the, you, you're, next year you're going to be leading the troop with the, uh, with the marching band, right? Yeah, well, depending on how um, this outbreak goes. Right, right. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> in the name of Jesus. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. And, Abby, does, does your father know that you're here today? Okay. I certainly yeah. hope so. Abby, of course, is, uh, is uh, Jan's oldest, and uh, so glad, so glad that you guys are here. Um, we are uh, continuing, actually finishing today, we're going to finish a, a series called Unnatural, and... Um, we're only in week three of this four-week series, but we're wrapping it up because we had to uh, skip a week a couple weeks ago when the virus really kind of started to take over. And we, what we did is we um, uh, canceled our plan for Sunday. We had one final Sunday here in this room, and we talked about choosing faith over fear. And, uh, and so then today what we're doing is we're kind of squeezing parts three and four. If you're following the journal, we're squeezing weeks three and four of this series of uh, uh, called unnatural. It's called unnatural because we're talking about grace. Grace is something that we all love to receive, yet it is, for many of us, for most of us, it is unnatural for us to give it as much as we like to receive it, especially receiving it from God. It is unnatural, but it is not optional. So we're familiar with the, uh, the Lord's Prayer from Jesus. He says, forgive us our what? Trespasses. Trespasses, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. We know those words. We might know them so well, we no longer even think about it all that much. But right after that, after Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer, here, this is how you should pray. Right after that, he, he even goes further with it. This is the part we don't, we don't often recite or, or say, is when Jesus says, if you do not forgive your brother, then your Father in heaven will not forgive you. I mean, these are, these are strong words. This, this is not an optional thing. For us to be a grace giver, this is a role for us. So as we're talking about in this series, how are you doing with this role in your life? How are you doing as a grace giver? The, uh, the New Testament begins with four versions of the story of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. They're different versions, different angles on the story of Jesus. The fourth one is John, John's version. And it's the most poetic of, of all the, the four versions. I want to read just one verse 
just this great uh, part of his introduction. It's so beautiful and poetic. John chapter 1 is, is an incredible read. He says in John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I really just want to lean on that last phrase, that Jesus came. John says beautifully that Jesus came full of both grace and truth. What I want to start with as we talk about this idea of, of giving grace is that grace never stands alone. God's grace isn't something that is separated from, from all of the other pressures and, and, and truths and such. It is full of grace and truth. So often with this topic of giving grace, which is where we're, what we're doing now in weeks three and four is we're talking about really giving grace to others. When we get to that, there's this nervousness that stirs up among many because well, am I supposed to just give, 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 give? It makes us feel like we're gonna be taken advantage of. But grace never stands alone. Grace always has this body of truth. It's both grace and truth. It's this balance of grace and truth. All parents have to figure out a balance between grace and truth as we love on and, and build up our kids. And all of our families of origin have some level of a balance between grace and truth. So for those of you here, uh, uh, what was the balance in, in your home? If, let's say this side is all grace, do whatever you want, and this side is, is all truth, and, and it is is strong, you know, uh, um, limitations, power, you know, on all that kind of stuff. There's this balance there. What, where, where would your arm land in terms of your, your father's right here, so this would be fun, Abby. So, <laughs> so yeah, you cover up your eyes. You guys too, where, where would you have landed, your family of origin in terms of grace and truth? Where would, where would you land? A little, little more towards the truth, a little more towards the truth, a little more towards grace, okay? It's kind of a balance, all right. You participating? Okay, okay, good, good, good. So, I would give you a high five, but I'm not allowed to. Okay, so, so, so there's this balance of, of grace and truth that, that, that is, you know, Jesus came full of both. And we tend to have a leaning towards one or the other, but grace without truth is anarchy. It's just, it just has no, it's just, it's just complete anarchy. No, no family can function fully graced with no truth, no boundaries, etc. Truth without grace is legalism. That's all about the laws, boundaries, etc. Here, let me, let me paint a little picture for you here. This is a little toy car that I built. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, this is a, a, a 2015 Ferrari. And so let's say the Ferrari's cruising down the road, and this is a sharp left turn. All right, it is a, it is a deadly left turn com coming up in front of the Ferrari. Truth are the signs along the side of the road that warn the driver that the curve is coming. Truth are the signs that say, slow down, curve coming, take care, slow down, caution, caution, all the signs along the, along the road. And, but, this, but this guy, this guy, he's, he's just blown right by all the signs because he's driving a Ferrari. So he thinks he can come in, he can handle the curve, but he gets to it. I love to play cars. Okay, <laughs> he gets over and he goes over the cliff. Whoa! And then he, and it's a, just a big flaming pile. This is where grace kicks. In. Yeah, it's, it'll be okay. He'll okay? be okay, Yon. He's all right. This is where this is where grace kicks in. Grace is the helicopter 
the ambulance, the people from the neighborhood who come in and pull the driver out and take care of what's going on and do the jaws of life and rip apart a Ferrari. And, and they save the guy and take care of all of this. It's grace and truth. Truth without grace says, I told you so. I, I, there's no insurance. There's no, I'm not going to help you that you've gone over the edge. I gave you all the warnings that you needed to have. This is what Scripture gives us so many warnings about careful, careful warning, 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 warning. We talked about this in the previous series about the, the warnings towards the exile. There's so many different warnings, warnings, warnings. Truth says, I told you so. You had plenty of chance to avoid that curve. Grace says, set, uh, uh, a grace without truth is, is just a big pile of cars on the, on the bottom of, of the ground. Okay, grace without truth is just car after car just piling over the edge without the information to balance it over. Jesus came with both grace and truth. He came full of grace and truth. Grace never stands alone. So as we pursue grace, we, we, we can embrace the fullness of the beauty of grace. I think John wrote this phrase, Jesus came full of grace and truth because he saw it in Jesus. He saw it. This is this incredible story that only John captures in John chapter 8. And many of you know this story. It's, it's a woman who's caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. And she is, she is pulled out of the act by a group of, of Jewish uh, leaders who want to catch Jesus. They want to trap Jesus because they, they pull him uh, 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 forward and put, him, put her before Jesus and say, okay, what are we going to do? How, how do we handle this situation? And And... If, if Jesus sides with, here's the trap, if Jesus sides with grace, then he is not honoring the Jewish law that says that when this happens, she should be stoned to death. If Jesus sides with truth and she is, she is stoned to death, they would report him to the Roman government who occupies that area and he would be in big trouble because Jewish people are not allowed to take the law into their, home, in, into their own hands that way. So they're trying to trap Jesus. Uh-oh, Jesus is stuck. Dun, dun, dun. It's, like, it's like a cliffhanger. You know, what, what is Jesus going to do in this situation? But Jesus doesn't get all nervous. You know the story. He writes in the sand. We don't know what he wrote in the sand. Some speculate it could have been that he wrote the names of people who had gathered who had been committing adultery. So those folks may have kind of leaned in and went, oh yeah, I'm out of here. He may have written, down, written the, the sins of some of the people who had gathered. Regardless, after he wrote in the sand, you could, you could hear the stones falling to the ground. Do, 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 do. The people spread. They, they just walk away. Jesus continues to write in the sand. Game, set, match. <laughs> It's this powerful blend of grace and truth. And then he looks to the woman who was pulled out of the act of adultery and says, where are those who, 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 who condemned you? Where are they? Where are they? And she just says, they're not here. He says, does anyone condemn you? She says, no. He says, neither do I. Now, go and leave your life of sin. This is grace and truth. It's the grace that brings the forgiveness. And it's the truth that says, I don't want you to stay this way. There's so much more for you. We think that grace is something that is going to hurt us. 
The, the, one of the things that makes it unnatural for us to give is we think it's going to take something away from us. But the reality is grace does something beautiful for us and inside us. Last week I did a, I did a reenactment of a movie clip and, and, uh, and so I want to do that again. But now we got young folks here to be a part of this, this movie clip. Now the movie, we all know. We all know the story of Cinderella. Okay? So it's the story of Cinderella. And, and so ladies... One of you gets to be Cinderella. The other is the evil stepmom. Okay, so, so which one, which, which of you kind of feel like being the, the evil stepmom? I feel like Tyler might do you feel like Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Okay, okay, Tyler, Tyler, you come around here. You come around here. You've been uh, nominated. That was, that, was, that was a good catch awesome. here. Okay. Now, because you said that, though, you two, you stand up. You're going to be the... You stand up, but we're, we're six feet. We're, we're three plus. Okay, you, you're the evil stepsisters then. Okay, you got, you got promoted. You get to be Cinderella. Right, okay. Okay. Sweet, all right. Little uh, good-looking drummer boy. Okay, step in just a little bit. Make sure you're in line. Okay, now, now you, know, you all know the story. Cinderella, I need you to step in just a little bit. There we go. You're, you're stage guy. You, you know all this. Okay, so um, this is the scene where we find out, Cinderella, you're the one with the properly sized feet, all right? We find out that the, the, the slipper, the glass slipper, fits you, and, and we're all excited near, at the end of the movie. Okay, now when this happens, stepsisters, what might you say to Cinderella? What would be on your mind if this was the case? What, would, what might you say if, if you, this just happened to you? Anything come to your mind? I think I'd be a little jealous. A little jealous, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Anything? No. I'm going to copy. You're going to be jealous as well. Okay. Ditto. Now, now, Cinderella, what would you, okay, you just, you know the whole story. You've just been you're beaten and attacked and attacked and attacked. You couldn't go to the ball, the whole deal. Now, what would you say to stepmom? Well, I mean, I would just say you wish you had feet like these. There you go. <laughs> you wish you had feet like these. All right. All right. Now, now in the, in the uh, original a, a cartoon from 1950. Cinderella says nothing to the stepmom. There's nothing said there. The glass uh, slipper fits and everyone lives hap happily ever after. You may or may not remember or recall that in 2015, uh, Disney made a live action version of this story. And in that live action version of the story, they did something controversial because at this point in the movie, Cinderella says to the, looks at the stepmom, right before leaving with, with the prince, looks at the stepmom and says, I forgive you in a beautiful English accent. Can you reenact that? I forgive you, stepmom. That's so good, so good, so good. So, and people didn't like it. There was controversy around Cinderella saying, I forgive you to the stepmom. It was, it, was, it was unnatural for us to want to watch that. You know, in the original version of the story, the, in the original book version of the story, the stepmom and the stepsisters are kicked out of the palace and their eyes get gouged out by birds. Did you know that? I just, I don't know why they didn't fit that in the cartoon. I think that would have been, a, been an interesting moment how they could have, you know, okay, so, but that's not, that's not how they stop. There's something in us that there's this unnatural thing that, that, we have to, that we have to resist with all of this. There's something that the 2015 writers understood very profoundly. There is no happily ever after without forgiveness. There is no happily ever after without forgiveness. You guys can sit down. Thank you so much. Good job. Good job. 
The word forgiveness in the New Testament, it literally means to, to release. It literally means to set something free. The word is used in connection with a debt, that you would forgive a debt, literally to set that debt free. It is in connection with those who are in prison, that they would be forgiven. You are free to go. You are forgiven, go ahead. The word forgive literally means to be set free. What happens when someone hurts us, when someone does something to us, is we carry a debt. We carry a debt around with us. And the painful reality is that those debts are very rarely paid we carry the debt, and those we expect or want or hope those debts to be paid, but they don't get paid. When someone says something to you when you're in school, when you are a young person, and you carry that with, carry that with you, that, there's no recovery for that. That debt does not get paid. If a father, for example, leaves a home, abandons a home, abandons family, those debts are not paid. Very rarely are those debts ever paid. If a boss overworks and underpays an employee, those debts are, are not paid. So we have a choice at some point. We either carry that debt with us or we release it. We let it go. We say, you no longer owe me. You know, the truth is that the, the righteous thing is that you owe me and you will continue owe me, to owe me forever. But forgiveness means I release that debt. I let it go. You no longer owe me. And that's the thing that is beautiful that, that happens in our heart. That we, it's an unnatural thing to let it go, but it's some, something beautiful happens inside us. I want to wrap, wrap up here this morning with two practical angles in terms of how we can be grace givers. And they're really kind of two different parts of the whole idea of being a grace giver. The first part has to do with just simply being a gracious person. This means how we respond, not, not to people who have hurt us, who have caused a hurt or a pain to us, but simply to be gracious with those we're doing life with, those we interact with. Of course, right now, there's a significant reduction in that, and so <laughs> there's, not, there's less of a need for us to be gracious you know, to other people and other uh, parts of our uh, general interaction. But there's, there's an incredible need for grace right now in our culture. I get a number of people saying to me, hey, Alan, how can I help? A number of people just saying, I want to help. I'm in a position, I have the opportunity to be able to help somebody. I know there are needs around here, but I don't know what those needs are. How can I help? And the reality, of course, is that there are a number of us who have needs, that we have, we have groceries that, that we need to get, and we're having a hard time with that. Many have lost their jobs. We have people who need help around the home, stuff getting fixed, somebody to just come and play Scrabble with, whatever the need might be. Go to the store and buy some kind of item. There are needs, and there are people who want to offer help. But how do we make that connection? We as a church want to help make that connection. And so what we're doing uh, going forward here is we continue with the COVID-19 reality. If you are on our website and you scroll down, there are a number of boxes there. And one of those boxes says, meet a need, share a need. The idea with that is that we want to help make, connect, make a connection between those of you who desire to meet a need for someone else here in our community or in our church and those of you who, need, who have to share a need. There is a need that you have right now. We want to help make that connection in the best way that we can. So just go to that, send anyone you know or love to that box and just say, just click on this. We want to help make those connections in whatever way we can. It's a beautiful way for us to both give grace and receive grace. As I talked about last week, 
It is, it is good for the heart. It is, a, it is good for the heart to experience the grace of God. It is good. It is so good. Second and final um, angle in terms of the grace giver is the more difficult one. So the first one is about being gracious with just general people and just being a gracious person. The second one is being gracious and offering mercy and forgiveness to those who have hurt us. This is the hard one. Is there someone in your life about whom you would say, this person does not deserve forgiveness? I cannot forgive this person. Maybe somebody... Um, you would sing the old Nat King Cole song. You would sing about them. You would say, unforgivable, that's what you are. Isn't that how the song goes? It's, something, it's, close, to, it's close to that. Though you would just say, somebody in your life is unforgivable. What if, what if this break, this pause, that gives you a little bit more time in your day, for most of us, what if this pause is an opportunity God wants for you to give that person a call. <sighs> to write a letter, to send an email, to send a text, to reach out to that family member, to that old friend, that parent, sibling, that child, to just reach out and extend grace. You don't have to use the word forgiveness. You don't have to use the word release. You don't owe me anymore. In fact, I would, I would recommend you not use those phrases. It might just be an incredibly powerful thing for that person to hear from you, that you just reach out to them with this extra space that we have right now, that you just reach out to them and say, I was thinking about you today. And it could start a conversation that releases something in both of your hearts. You have no control over the other person how they respond. You, you, we, we, don't, we don't get to control that. All we control is us and what we do with our own heart. Maybe this extra space that we have right now is, is an opportunity God wants for us to be grace givers with people we've had a hard time being grace givers with. People that we can just remember, Jesus came full of grace and truth. Grace doesn't stand alone. We bring truth to it. We bring wisdom to it. We, we don't have to be best friends with people, with every person who has hurt us. But we go to those meetings and we just say, Jesus, help me to be a grace giver. And we just say, I let it go. I release this debt. And in your mind, in your heart, you say, this person no longer owes me. This person no longer owes me. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, this topic uh, stirs up for many a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of history. And you know every story. You know every person, every need, every heart that is hanging on to unforgiveness, God. I pray that you would help us do the unnatural thing of releasing that debt, of no longer carrying that debt with us. Would you give us the courage right now, God, right now, after this time here today, God, that you would help us to reach out this morning, this afternoon in a way that honors you. Help us to release this debt because you have allowed us to release that debt that we have with you. God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus.